And this episode of the Disney Dads Podcast is brought to you courtesy of our Patreon supporters. Want to support the show? Become a Patreon member. Thank you, thank them. Now enjoy the show. Round one is over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids, sip. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Can we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. Bunch of madness around here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Disney Dads Podcast. Show it's a little about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. Tonight, I am so, so excited because we have not only an amazing topic, but we have an amazing guest. But before we introduce our very special guest, I am joined by my friend up in the, uh, is it Arctic New York now, or is it warming up a little bit? Mike, how are things, bud? Good. It's actually warming up. It's supposed to get in the 50s next week, so it's, uh, I know for Jay, that's like summertime, you know, so. Uh, oh, I talked to him the other day. He was like, oh, it's going to be 37. It's so nice. I'm getting like, out the shorts. Yeah, I, uh, no, it's not short weather here just yet, but it's going to be in the 50s, which is a nice break. I think we're done with the winter for now. Uh, I think the snow is behind us. We kind of got wild all in one shot, and um, hopefully it's uh, be time to open the pool soon. Oh, nice. It's time for me to come up then. Absolutely. That's what you're saying. You know, I look good in that pool. Just laying on the float, floating around. Yeah. I, I, I think I make that pool even better. Spent what do you think? quite a few hours in that pool, I must say. Oh, that was a good day. That was a really good day. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's warm here. I, I had the intention of building a new um, – I got a new grill. I got like kind of like the Green Egg, uh, Komodo Joe grill, you know, and I had this intention of, of doing a whole new grill station. So I get this new grill, right? And I cook the first steaks on it, and Katie goes, and just look, it's not a cheap grill. You know what I mean? It costs some money. Get cooked the first steaks, and Katie goes, I, I don't like charcoal taste. And I'm like, well, where were you a week ago before I spent all this money on this grill? So then I had to order this, like, tabletop gas grill, like a little two-burner. Just So now, like, last night I made steaks and risotto, and I had to just throw hers on the on the gas so I could do ours on the on the charcoal. So, you know, it's, it's one of those. So I thought I'll build a new, uh, a new grill stand. It's been so beautiful here. We went to the beach last week, been perfect. Saturday morning, I'll wake up to go coach soccer and it is legit like 46 degrees and pouring the rain. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's my day. It's over. I'm not going to do anything else. So I just, uh, I napped all day. It was fantastic. Um, well, i tell you what, uh, we can go on and on about what's going on with us, but tonight we have a very fun topic. Something that I don't think very many Disney fans are either knowledgeable about, or maybe if they do know about, they haven't really thought about it recently, but it's coming up very shortly. Uh, and that is talking about some copyright stuff that's going on with the Disney company. Uh, and look, as much as you love Mike and I and our take on things, we are definitely not versed in the law. We are not lawyers. We are not, uh, we, I would never take law advice from Mike. I don't think he would take any from me, even though as much as I love you. Uh, so we thought we would bring on not only a lawyer, someone who understands this inside and out, but also someone who's a part of our Disney family, part of our Disney patron family. And uh, I am so happy to uh, to let, uh, say, hey, welcome to the show. Greg Woods, what's up, brother? 
Thank you for having me. I'm uh, really happy to be here. It's a privilege. Yeah, man. You're looking good sitting in Hollywood Studios right now with the nice uh, backdrop there. Just float, floating into it, waiting for my time to get back there. Uh, I tell you, when, when do you have a you have a date yet? Do you know? We we're gonna hope uh, April next year. That's nice. the goal. Nice. Yeah, that's a good time, man. There's a lot of people going going this year. They're like, all right, I've had a bunch of people contact me. They're like, all right, I want to go. I want to go down now. I had a guy called me today, and he's like, I want to go next or this Saturday. And I'm like, yeah, that's not gonna work. There's no park availability, but uh, I completely get it. We'll we'll try to work it out for you. Um, well, you know, Greg, I, I, you and I we chatted back and forth, and we were talking a little bit, you know, about. Disney copyright and I think when most people think of Disney copyright they think oh my goodness did I use a song that you know I, I shouldn't have and now all of a sudden the Disney corporation's coming after me um, there's a reason that all of our stuff it says the unofficial Disney uh, podcast uh, is because we do not officially represent the Walt Disney Company of any way and we make sure to say that as often as clear as possible because <laughs> I don't want the mouse's lawyers coming after me at any uh, point in time um, but it got me thinking a little bit about the characters uh you know and when i contacted you we were chatting a little bit about uh these characters and disney has had the copyright on these characters for a long time um i think my first question to you is explain for people who don't know what a copyright is okay um so first let me just kind of introduce myself say yes my background is in corporate and securities law and my most recent position is a corporate counsel at a biotech company so one of the things we deal with are intellectual property. So I'm not a patent or IP attorney, but I have that working knowledge of intellectual property, which includes patents, copyrights, and what I'm gonna introduce you to, which I think is more important than Disney's character copyrights, which is their trademarks. And I will say this, Disney, they, they know how to protect their IP. They do it very frequently. They do it very well. I, you know, I, I sent you a message. I say they play at the highest level. Um, what the copyright is, is, is a way to think of it is it is your ability as an author or inventor or artist of something to protect your work, right? So what mm -hmm. it means, it just says it's an original work of authorship fixed in a tangible medium of expression, right? If you're the artist, you get to protect your work that's what it is so uh, congratulations to jason who wrote a book he is the author he does he did not have to do anything else he automatically earned copyright protection oh, okay so automatically no matter what because his name's on it it's his creation he has a copyright on that creation so then i can't right. go take it and say i'm gonna sell this for for 13.99 undercut you and make money off it you, that's exactly what you cannot do. You just ruined my week, Greg. That was my entire plan for this week was to, to undercut Jason on that. Um, and this, hey, what a great <laughs> opportunity. If you haven't done it right now, pick up his new book. Uh, click the link below and pick up uh, his new book because it's really great. Um, whenever I was talking to you, the reason that I got to thinking about this was I read an article recently, um, and it was talking a little bit about copyrights that are going to be coming to uh, their end shortly unless, uh, you know, a, a law is changed. And I know the laws have been changed uh, many times throughout history. I know Disney has played a big part in that uh, to protect their copyrights. Wouldn't, kind of take me back a little bit and let's talk a little bit about maybe, uh, you know, let's, well, let's talk about the main man himself. Let's talk about Steamboat Willie. And whenever you're talking about Steamboat Willie, okay. his copyright was set to expire 
20 years ago or even longer. And Disney, I guess, kind of pressured the uh, pressured Congress to change the law. Yeah, uh, not just Disney. There was uh, certainly an impetus, I'll say Hollywood in general, um, mm-hmm. but particular Disney, of course, having their own. Yeah, what they faced is this kind of new novel question, which was if you were Mark Twain, you wrote books and you were protected. But what we didn't have when Steamboat uh, Willie came out was the idea of brands. Okay. So what changed was Disney became a brand. And then in, I think it was... Uh, Steamboat Willie would have gone into the public domain around 1985, 1984, 1985. So in 1976, they went to Congress with all sorts of other lobbying efforts, and they completely amended the Copyright Act. So now we have the Copyright Act of 1976. They then did that again, because that took the term from 56 years under the 1909 act that steamboat willie was created under went up to uh 75 years and then in the late 90s as again steamboat willie was about to enter that public domain (laughs) they did the sunny bono copyright uh extension uh term act and gave themselves another 20 years so now we are once again faced with this uh, imminent lapse of the copyright protection into the public domain. Uh, this time, I don't think they're going to change the law. Yeah, so that was what I was reading, too, is there's pretty much they talked to a couple different uh, people. And one, there hasn't really been the pressure from Hollywood that there was previously. And also, I think that social media has played a major role in the fact that now lobbying is little more transparent than maybe it was 20 years ago. And so you're not going to see that happen. Um, talking about Steamboat Willie, you know, 2024, uh, the Disney, the, the copyright on Steamboat Willie is up. Now, I think it's important to chat a little bit with you about, you know, we're not talking about just Mickey Mouse. We're talking about this one individual uh, intellectual property that is Steamboat Willie. Um, so let's say in 2024, it becomes public domain. I would then be able to go and make a Steamboat Willie plush doll and sell it am i not correct um but it would have to be the exact match to steamboat willie i couldn't do a modern mickey mouse it has to be just that one because uh they perpetually lose as you you know disney's always modifying their characters pretty pretty brilliantly uh i guess to keep that copyright on certain characters looks am i right yeah so what's gonna happen is you can do that very limited first incarnation Steamboat Willie. And you can't call him Mickey Mouse because that will get us in the trademark. So yeah, if you're if you were planning on setting up your t-shirt business with Mickey Mouse outside the gates of the Magic Kingdom in 2024, no, you're not you're not gonna get there. What the way to kind of think about this is um Mickey Mouse we think of as a character, but Mickey right. Mouse is actually multiple characters, and every time Mickey appears differently. That's a new character, and that new character resets the copyright clock. But it would do it just for that individual character, though, right? Just for that one. So whenever you're talking, so in 2024, Steamboat Willie comes public domain. But let's say in 2038, um, now, or, or, you know, 2046, whenever the year is, uh, that Fantasia Mickey, 
you know, Sorcerer Mickey then becomes public domain. Would I be correct? Yes. Uh, that limited incarnation again. And then even Fantasia Mickey has some different appearances. So there'll always be, there'll always be some trepidation on any new entrance part to want to copy Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. Yeah, well, that's another thing you and I are talking about. Like, <laughs> Disney's really good at this. Like, they know what they're doing. You know, they're they're not scared to uh, to to fight legal battles, and they have a lot of pull. You know, in, in what they can do um, with look pushing Congress to change these laws multiple times. And like you said, I don't think it's going to happen again. Um, now, you were you were yeah. Let's, I mean, let's just take yeah, that for a second. Yeah. So. You know why I say that's not going to happen. A lot of people don't think that's going to happen. I guess we'll start with the caveat. It could. Mm -hmm. Nothing is preventing Congress from doing it. In fact, what I, I found this a little interesting was that after they did the last extension, they there was a lawsuit challenging the constitutionality of the law itself, saying, Congress, the Constitution is what gives us copyright protection. It's in Article 1. Mm -hmm. It says limited time. Right. So copyright cannot go on forever. And you seem to be violating that. You just you're going to keep extending it into perpetuity and you can't do that. It went all the way to the Supreme Court. And then in a seven two decision. So they came back and said, yeah, Congress can do whatever it wants. So long as it doesn't say indefinite, you can extend it another 20 years so they can do it. And that case is called the Eldred case. And it was argued by a very famous attorney named Lawrence Lessig. He lost the case and then wrote a book about why he should have won the case. <laughs> and that argument is kind of the accepted modern legal theory. And it's not really being pushed back on or challenged. So there's no real movement now to change the law. Now, does it... Okay, so just because there's a difference in a character like Steamboat Willie... And like I said, I know nothing about laws or anything like that. That's why we go with professionals like you. There's a difference in Steamboat Willie and me uh, making a plush doll, right? Like using that one character. But I can't take the cartoon and then sell, you know, tickets to, to, to for me to make money off that cartoon. That would be different, correct? So Steamboat Willie, once that enters the public domain, yes, you can copy it. You can air it. And I... I suspect you'll start to see it on the various streaming services because oh, there's nothing preventing a Netflix from adding it to their library. It's available to the public. What they will be careful on is they can't use any of Disney's trademark insignia. So they can't let, they cannot in any way appear to confuse the consumer about where this is coming from. And what Disney's going to do is they're going to produce as many things as they can to make sure that when you see anything Mickey Mouse, you think of Disney. And if it's not coming from Disney, you would be confused. Well, that gets me to a great question about um, Mickey himself, because when I think of Mickey, I don't think of him individually as a character. I think of him as more of a like you said, a logo, an insignia for the Disney company. When you think of the ears and you think of, um, you know, Mickey as Mickey is more than just a character to Disney. You know, there's a lot of other characters that let's take Winnie the Pooh, for example. You know, uh, Winnie the Pooh is the first one to come up, it comes up in 2022 that the, the copyright will be up. It'll become public domain. Um, and we're not talking about the story. You know, Disney doesn't own the story, but they own the, uh, the, the character, the way they drew him. 
So they would yep. be able to uh, um, not keep that copyright. He would become public domain. Now, I think Disney has more of an argument to almost have Mickey Mouse in you know perpetuity forever because it. Greg, you, I don't think I don't think it would be legal for anyone to walk up and use the Walt Disney World signage for your for right. your company. And I see Mickey more of a sign for the company than I do as a character. Does that make a difference in what character it is? Yes, because what you're starting to describe is trademark. So, all right, so let's kind of let's just take this a step back and we kind of think about. Hey, these characters, Mickey Mouse, Minnie, Pete, Winnie the Pooh, all can go into public domain in some limited context in the next few years. What does that mean for us, to Mickey Mouse, to us as fans, to Disney? And mm-hmm. what I would say, the good news for us is, one, lapse is not guaranteed, and I think it will happen, as we kind of talked about. Two... Disney has a lot of legal tools under both copyright law and trademark law mm-hmm. to protect Mickey as a brand and therefore themselves. The benefit to us is as they do that, they're incentivized to create more and more content with Disney and buttress that idea or with Mickey and buttress that idea that Mickey is synonymous with Disney as a company. Gotcha. So the good news is we benefit if if you're like me and you love the mouse. Yeah, so that's that's another question that I, I get to is, is there a reason that we have seen such an influx of new characters from, I mean, not only does it make a ton of money with merchandise, with movies, with stuff like that, but Disney's smart enough to know that, hey, if we come out with new characters, you know, every year in our films, instead of like just constantly putting Mickey on everything, which would still be popular, by the way, uh, we now have yeah. this for 95 years, you know, on an Elsa, no one's touching them for 90 years. Yeah. And, and that's really the underlying policy to all of copyright law, right? Which is we have two things that copyright law does. We grant the author this period of exclusivity. You created this character, go ahead, merchandise it, market it. It is yours, but we don't want you to live on that forever. So that exclusivity period will end at some time and you now have this incentive, create new characters. And Disney, they have created a ton of great characters over the generations. So as a company, they're in a fantastic position in terms of what their IP is and what they're doing with it. They're also incentivized to reimagine their own characters. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing a lot of that too. Oh, you even see a difference in Elsa from the first to the second one. And even to think if it's subtle things like eyes and ears and, you know, it doesn't have to be huge differences. Just are, is, are those small changes? Maybe something that's not even, okay. Do you remember, here's a perfect example. Do you remember when this came up as a, as a copyright infringement? Dun, 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 You remember that? Vanilla Ice got sued. No, 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 no. I did. Dun, 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 dun. Done, done. You know, and uh, so is is yeah. there a limit to how small a change can be to extend a copyright? There are, and those will get into kind of the nuances of case law, where that line is, and what I would say is Disney pretty much has the best attorneys in the country 
to argue where that line is. I gotcha. <laughs> um, and, and music's always the most difficult. I love, there's a George Harrison song called This Song over kind of a similar thing is there's a copyright infringement. He basically said, this song sounds like all the others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's it's the thing with, I mean, I think characters would be easier to do than songs. I, that amazes me, by the way, that musicians can write music when there are millions of songs out there that aren't, uh, you know, constantly having copyright infringement. Because here's what I would do. I would start a song. And then it would instantly turn into something that's already I've heard in the back of my brain. You know, it's a reason I don't really listen to a ton of Disney podcasts is because I don't want to copy anyone's ideas. You know, we want to come up with our own ideas whenever we're doing this. Um, and so it's I, I musicians amaze me. I mean, I think it all may start with a certain beat, but it's incredible. Well, here's an example. We talked about Winnie the Pooh. Why? Right? So A.A. Milne wrote Winnie the Pooh. Ernie Shepard does the illustrations. If you go into a Barnes and Noble or whatnot, you can get a copy of the book and look at those illustrations. And what does Pooh Bear not have? He doesn't have that red sweater that mm -hmm. we probably all just associate with him. Uh, so what happened with Pooh Bear is Milne actually sold the rights to this guy named Steve Schlesinger. Steve Schlesinger, he was he was ahead of his time for how to how to merchandise these things, and he's the one who added on the red sweater. So. Pooh Bear in the red sweater is actually a little bit further away from the public domain than Winnie the Pooh himself. That's interesting. Okay. So then they could just literally just be like, oh, we're going to put Jordans on Winnie the Pooh. And now he's, uh, he's golden, you know, we just won't put the Nike swoosh. So we don't, we don't have to pay Nike anything. Um, yeah. it's, it sounds like a, a, a dance, you know, constantly, you're constantly dancing around the wall. Yeah. And there's different defenses, you know, what is fair use, right? So if you have a song in the background, how, how long can you play that song before, you know, you're going to get hit with that copyright infringement. And these are issues that there are attorneys whose entire career and practice is dedicated just to this one area of law. Gotcha. Now my question, let's take Snow White, for example. Okay. Let's move on to uh, Disney's first animated full length film. Um, you know, Snow White is, I think, already public domain. The story itself of Snow White is already public domain because it is a story that's been around for hundreds of years. Um, yep. But Disney is smart enough that, like, if, if I was to go and write a story, my own story about Snow White, I couldn't use the names um, like Grumpy, Sleepy, Sneezy, Dopey, Happy, Bashful. You know, I couldn't do that because Disney has got that part of it handled. Do you think it was easier for the Disney company to take these pre-existing stories and make them their own 60, 70 years ago than it would be today? Oh, undoubtedly, yes. I, that was that was the norm then. Now we think about how to monetize our products. And, you know, Disney was great at the time. They picked all sorts of stories. And now they now those are trademarks. Uh, and I'll actually, I'll, I'll jump to a different Disney story because it illustrates where this line came from. Mm -hmm. Tarzan. Yeah, okay. Tarzan yeah. has been in the public domain for a long time. But Edgar Rice Burroughs' descendant, they trademarked the name Tarzan. So while those stories are available and the character is theoretically available, the trademark is protected. So they're still licensing the name and use of Tarzan, including to Disney. Now, because that was a originally a written work, is there a, an is there an expiration on written works? 
the same as so, would be characters? No, it, no, it will be it will be the same. Where copyright okay. gets into things is uh, who creates it, not necessarily what they create. So you're literally like, I got to make my money in the first 95 years. <laughs> I am on this. Like that's the, my time to pad the pockets, right? Yeah. And then, I mean, it's slightly different. So like with an author, it's like, oh, you get seven, you know, you get the life of the author plus 70 years. So there's oh, a little gotcha, different okay. rules that yeah. go on. Um, but yeah, it's the idea. You, you have a time. Like we don't want you to sit on your laurels. You get, you create one, go create another. Well, I want to talk a little bit about something that's super interesting to me, okay? Um, as not only a Disney fan, but a Universal fan. Um, because, look, Marvel is relatively new. It's, you, you know, characters are relatively new. You're not, you don't have, I don't, you don't have this issue coming up. Except for one, and that's Captain America, that is going to be yeah. coming up sooner than later. I think it's 2036 that uh, the copyright expires and he enters public domain. How does that affect not only Disney and look, Marvel is a multi-billion dollar franchise, but also how does it affect their relationship with Universal going forward if that uh, is still in working order where, where Universal is, has the Marvel characters walking around the parks? So uh, the short answer is I'm not entirely sure because I don't know what the licensing agreements are with gotcha. what I know Marvel divided up their portfolio and that's why you know we can't have our nice uh disney line of marvel <laughs> products on the east coast and we're getting right. some on the west coast so i don't know what is in those contracts and it's going to be contract specific as they lapse into the public domain though the thing is the licensing contracts become worthless because you don't have that right of exclusivity you don't have that ability to license anymore uh, so i would suspect they address that in the agreement itself on what will happen when it approaches the public domain. And yeah, it's going to be interesting because look, the character starts to lose value the closer we get to uh, the public domain. Yeah. And this is going to become starting next year, Greg, this is going to become an every two to three year thing with, with Disney characters. Yeah. But, and here's the, here's where the trademark is really going to help is that you're not going to see these, entrance of new companies or existing companies coming in and trying to compete because they're not going to be able to monetize these characters the way Disney has. And Disney's going to make sure of that. Disney's mm -hmm. going to say, we have different incarnations. So if you do something, we can say your new thing is actually not mirroring what's in the public domain. And it's substantially similar to our protected copyright. So I can, I can bring this copyright infringement claim. And then they'll say, also, we have a trademark on that character. And the trademark never expires. So you're infringing on our trademark claim. And whether Disney would win all of these is a little bit beside the point. It means you have to be prepared for litigation if you want to use that. And when you consider the ex-ante cost to produce new cartoons or a new movie, and then there's this substantial risk to how you could monetize it on the back end, that's going to be enough to keep most companies from even trying. So would a character in the park be different than let's say an animated or a, or a plush doll or making a, uh, a, a coloring book? Um, whenever we see these characters in the park, does that make a difference? I know I know these are like the this is like this for Greg, this is like him walking into a third grade class 
and me being like, Mr. Woods, Mr. Woods, are the characters different? <laughs> no, I mean, this is copyright is very nuanced, which is why there are, there's actually separate law firms that gotcha. will do this area. So even like me as a corporate counsel, I'm not even going to have all those answers. There'll be a certain point where like, yeah, we're going to call our IP attorneys and figure out where this line is. Um, and with characters, that's kind of, my understanding is that's kind of a shifting target. There's actually a couple of famous cases involving Barbie. Um, okay. What yeah. you can and can't do with a Barbie or what, whether you can produce clothes oh, for a Barbie and whether uh, that's actually violating trademark. And so, yeah, these issues do come up. They come up a lot. And uh, it's, you know, it's going to be interesting. Um, I guess my suggestion is if you're in law school now and you're wondering where some future law is going to be, yeah, copyright. That's interesting. Yeah, because look, there's a ton of stuff. I mean, it's like you said, it's not just Disney who has their hand in this. I mean, like I said, Marvel, uh, talking about like Batman, Superman, uh, you know, Bugs Bunny. Like there's a ton coming up over the next 15, 20 years yeah. that all of a sudden this is a massive, huge well, thing. I... Yeah, go ahead, bud. And copying isn't a new thing. So I, I posted in the group um, a, a while back. Somebody can find it. I'll repost it. Mm -hmm. We got Boomerang. because I have, I have a four-year-old. So we're trying to introduce mm -hmm. some of the classic cartoons, Flintstones, which will be yep. coming up, but the original Looney Tunes. And they have season one, and I've never seen these. And I'm looking at them, like, that's Mickey and Minnie. And I'm like, no, it's not. That's Mickey and Minnie. And they have these characters, apparently they're foxes, and they look so close to those original Mickey and Minnie that it looks like it was a ripoff to me, but it wasn't. It was different enough that Looney Tunes was, was able to do it. Yeah, I'm going to make Mikey Mouse. How about that? That good? I'll make Mikey Mouse. And that <laughs> I way get he, a little you know. close there. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the, the thing, too, is you kind of nailed it with, look, I think I think the the long arm of the legal team at Disney is probably enough to scare most people away. You know, is there a benefit to me taking this on, you know, to try to try to make something out of now a thing that is 95 years old and, and be, you know, make it profitable? I think that just the legal aspect of, of having Disney come after you is terrifying enough to where I don't you know, I don't think you're going to see very much of it in the future. That's for sure. Yeah, and what I suspect, or what my fear would be, is you don't necessarily worry so much about the good actors, the people who are like, oh, I love Mickey Mouse, and I'm an executive at Netflix, so we're going to try to do new cartoons. I don't really think that's going to happen. I worry more about the people who don't like Disney, mm. who are going to be really excited that they can then take these beloved characters and maybe use them in a way that we as Disney fans wouldn't like. Uh, and that's why I'm thankful trademark law exists. Well, commercial the the commercial aspect of it, you know, when now a company that, you know, is a local company and doesn't have much money to put into uh, to to you know commercials, now all of a sudden they put Mickey Mouse, they put Steamboat Willie on their commercial, and you're like, whoa, hold on, I don't know why <laughs> Steamboat Willie is uh, is talking about the Waffle House down the street. You know, it's it doesn't fit. So it's uh, it's super interesting, Mike. Uh, you sit back and listen to Greg and I go back and forth a little bit. Do you have any questions about maybe what's going to happen to uh, to our good pal Mickey Mouse and all the others here in the next upcoming years? 
Well, I seem to find that uh, dressing up as Mickey Mouse in Times Square is still going to be illegal, even with all of this stuff going on. So that's definitely. <laughs> you know, those are so far off the regular one. It's fine. Yeah. That's not really him. Oh, man. He was right outside the Disney store. I thought for sure that was the real Mickey Mouse. Smells like straight so. vodka whenever you walk up to him. You're like, I don't remember Mickey. What was the. Uh, it's Elf, you know? He's like, he's sitting on a throne of lies, you know? Yeah, no, I. Uh, no, it was very cool conversation conversation man i was glad to be on the fly on the wall so to speak for this one um but a lot of interesting topic you know justin you threw this topic out there and i was like wow this is super cool i had no idea you know as a disney fan that, that and not only disney like you were saying other things going to be coming up in the future you know like bugs bunny and marvel and you know all of these things but like you said do you really want to mess with the disney legal team probably not but uh very cool information and i liked a lot of that topic you know i, I presented to you guys both um kind of before this uh, if we went through a couple of Disney characters that would be re- other than like Mickey, Minnie, you know, kind of Fab Five, that would be really, I think, detrimental for the Disney company to lose. Who would you think? I mean, this is your own opinion, um, Greg. If you were going to say some Disney characters that maybe you don't want to see, you know, Disney's like, I don't want to see that date come up. <laughs> I don't want to lose this. Uh, what are you thinking? Uh, it's right in that same realm. For me, it's Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. I love Tigger, and I don't want to see Tigger appear somewhere else or be misused by some other company. Well, and too, like, Disney does such a good job um, not protecting – I mean, of course, protecting them legally, but protecting their – the one thing about Disney that we can all agree about is that we are emotionally invested in not only Disney but in these characters, and we've spent – you know decades now with you know they were part of our childhood but they're also part of our adulthood i mean we as disney fans love these characters and like you said i would hate to see someone get a hold of them and then ruin this you know fantastic storyline that's been winnie the pooh and tigger or has been you know mickey and pete you know and and be able to do whatever they want with them uh, that's what terrified me when I when I started looking into this, and I had no idea how it would work, how the Disney company would protect their characters, because for generations now they have put all the effort into making sure that Mickey has that wholesome family feel. Steamboat Willie is you know the little guy who who is just trying, who can you know who has a world up against him and is fighting through. I mean that you know when you look at generations ago. When they sat down to watch Steamboat Willie during a pretty tough time in the country, now you know he was this lightning rod to people, and that's uh, been like that ever since. So, I, I really do think that Disney is smart enough to take care of their characters um, and protect their stories. I, I think if I was going to say um, one, and it's it's going to be years and years in the future, um, I'm definitely think that really any of the, the, the original princesses. Um, when you talk about Snow White and you talk about, you know, uh, uh, Cinderella and all those, the ones that introduced all these families into those prince uh, and, and princess stories, I think losing those would be absolutely tragic. That's exactly who I was going to go with, the princesses. I, you know, I, I can't see Cinderella doing a Chevy commercial, you know, like, uh, you know, turning the stagecoach from a pumpkin. <clears throat> 
into uh, you know a minivan. You know, I, like I just uh, it just wouldn't wouldn't play well. So when you were talking about uh, which ones you don't want to lose, the princess were the first thing that came to mind because you know after the Fab Five, well they're the next important ones. I mean, listen, you walk into Magic Kingdom and it's based around you know you're looking down Main Street and you're looking at you know Cinderella's castle. You know, you walk into these other places and it's all about. I mean, even just you know, uh, Beauty and the Beast. You know, you have Belle's castle. So much of the landscape and so much of uh, Disney history is so wrapped up into princesses. So I think you're right. I think princesses would be the next IPs that certainly have to be protected. Uh, Greg, put everyone's mind at ease because right now we've stirred <laughs> stirred up all this. This is stuff no one has thought about before, and all of a sudden. Uh, all the Disney Ads families out there, and they're going, oh, wh- why'd you do this on this episode? Uh, put everyone's <laughs> mind at ease. Are our characters safe in the future? They are safe in the future. I am, I'm actually really optimistic because I don't think the nightmare scenarios are going to happen. Look, Disney, they're going to use their copyrights. They're going to use their trademarks, and they are going to protect these characters. The best thing about that for us as the fans is they strengthen their legal arguments by using these characters more. Mm -hmm. So that means we are going to get maybe different versions, similar versions, updated versions, 2D drawings, 3D drawings. We got just consider Mickey Mouse recently, right? We've got the that Mickey Mouse short that appeared before Frozen where you Mm -hmm. get kind of that older style of Mickey again. You get the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse back to that 2D kind of old style animation. But then you get the new 3D animation in Mickey, the Roadster Racer, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. All of that reset the clock. So they're going to be really good at protecting these characters. And we benefit because we're going to get to enjoy the new content. That means Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is safe. And I think it is one of the best attractions ever. So I am super happy uh, that that will be safe because that is brand new animation. So I'm I'm good on that. Thank you, man. Uh, look, it's it's always great to talk uh, with you, and it's always great to talk about a topic that I know nothing about, and uh, I've learned so so much uh, tonight. That's for sure. You know, I'm really happy to be here and help. You Go know, ahead, Mike. God, yeah. You know, one thing that uh, that is safe. You know, we talked about having safe you know, safe characters. It's those pictures that you take when you're on vacation. And when you post them on our Disney Dad's Facebook page, that's a great place to keep your pictures and your memories. And I guarantee it'll be safe there. And that brings me to my favorite thing every week, and that would be Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. It's time for us to get our Picks of the Week. Greg, it was great having you on this week. And uh, since you're our guest this week, why don't you tell me what's your Pick of the Week? So my pick of the week is Irene Smith posted. She got her first dose of the vaccine. She looks so happy. I am so happy. You couple that photo with news that Disneyland is reopening. That picture, that news, it it has made me just ecstatic and optimistic that we're going to get back at Disneyland soon. And I'm so happy. I'm ready to go to Disneyland today. I am ready. I miss Disneyland so much. That's what my background is sitting at Disneyland, at, Disney, at DCA. Um, it's fantastic. Mike, why don't you go ahead and go, bud? You never uh, 
He never gets to go second. Oh, my pick of the week is going to go to one of our dear friends, Christina McSheffery. And she was doing, she posted that as we celebrate Read Across America Week, Miss Vivian's class is honoring the book All the Places You'll Go by dressing up what they want to be when they grow up. And their daughter dressed up as a SEAL trainer. And what a great outfit it was. Love that picture. And you have my pick of the week. I love that pick of the week. And you know why? Because you know how kids. They'll go to SeaWorld and they see the like dolphin or seal trainer, stuff like that. And they go, Mom, Dad, I want to be a seal trainer when I grow up. I went um, and I looked at Katie and was like, Katie, I want to be a seal trainer when I grow up. You know, this was like maybe like six years ago. So I, I feel you. That's, a, that's awesome. Uh, my pick of the week is going to Sarah Elizabeth Webner. Uh, Sarah is at Flower and Garden. She says, first week in a Flower and Garden. Um, they wore the stretchy pants. That's, uh, that's super, super smart. And man, the pictures are amazing. Uh, I love flower and garden, the topiaries, the food, the weather, just everything about flower and garden is perfect. I know it's Jay's favorite, um, favorite, uh, festival. So he absolutely, absolutely loves it. So that is my pick of the week, uh, tonight. Um, look guys, it's always so much fun to chat Disney with you all. Uh, right now, you, if you're wondering where we get these amazing pictures, it's on our Facebook page. Go right now, Disney Dads Podcast Facebook family uh, on Facebook. Make sure to join there. That's where we keep it Disney 100% of the time. It's always a blast, always positive. One of the most positive places on the internet. It's all fun and family. So go join that. Uh, also, while you have your phone in your hand, scroll down just a little bit right there. Click that link. Go pick up Jay's new book. It is fantastic. I am working through it. It is really, really great. We're so proud of Jay, uh, his first uh, published work. I know he's starting to, starting to maybe work on something else. Um, also, scroll down a little further. If you would like to join our patron family, help the show, we appreciate our patron family so, so much. For as little as $2 a month, you can become a part of the patron and uh, not only get access to that amazing extra patron, uh, patron group, but also extra shows, extra content, giveaways, all kinds of fun stuff. So click that link and you can do that too. And last but not least, I'm, of course, always going to ask you, go to iTunes, slap us five stars if you enjoy what we're trying to try to do. Um, make sure to uh, leave a comment and uh, we really, really appreciate you. That helps us grow the show. It helps us reach more and more people, and that is your virtual hug to us. Uh, Greg, I want to thank you so much, brother, for coming on. Uh, we're, you're not done yet, though. We're not letting you out of the woods yet because we're still going to uh, we're still going to go to Patreon and have a lot of fun. I've got a fun little topic for us to discuss uh, there. But uh, look, I appreciate you so much bringing your knowledge of this topic, coming on, taking your time, talking with us. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. Some closing words to the Disney family. I'm very happy to be here, and I just want to say this this family has been great. 2020 was a tough year for a lot of us. I have spent so much time on the internet and specifically just coming to the page because it's just always so positive and happy, and I appreciate everyone who's on there. Yeah, dude, I, I completely agree. I mean, it's, 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 it's you guys, not us, because, I mean, you, you look – you guys keep this place amazing, and we really do appreciate you. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, Mike, closing words? Uh, Greg, thanks for coming on the show. You uh, gave me some knowledge. I, I definitely feel like I learned a lot. I'm absolutely, absolutely, absolutely happy to have you on this week. Uh, it was great having you on. I love having uh, having Patreon guests on. I love having our Disney family expand to get to know you a little bit better. And I'm looking forward to this part of the Patreon show. So uh, thanks for coming on, Greg, and I'm looking forward to the uh, Patreon part. 
Disney Dads family, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Patron family, stick around. We're going to be talking NBA Top Shot uh, trading cards and how it might affect the Disney company moving forward uh, over on the patron side. It's a absolutely interesting interesting topic for anyone who years ago used to collect baseball basketball cards uh with the way the new generation is doing it now and the money they are spending uh so stick around we're going to talk that and for everybody else have an amazing week spread some disney positivity until next time we'll see you real soon have a good night everybody have a good night yeah have a good night from mike justin and myself we want to say thank you and remember always keep it disney Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin, let the one And that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.